May 8th, 1998. It's 9 p.m. and a couple are walking home from a night on the town. Precisely three blocks from their home, the woman trips and falls. She grabs onto the nearest thing she could get her hands on. At first, it seemed to be the branch of a tree. As she hit the ground, she quickly realized that she did not grab a branch at all, but the arm of a human skeleton. The police were called shortly thereafter, and they came to find an entire set of human remains. It was just bones. You can't tell anything from just bones. This is where you are wrong, completely wrong. There's a specific job for this, you see. It's called forensic anthropology. Anthropology is the study of humans and their impact on the culture and society. When you put the word forensic in front of it, it becomes a new field entirely. Forensic anthropology is the study of human remains and the impact that society has had on them. Specifically, the skeletal system. There's been many debates on what is the best way to do the job of a forensic anthropologist. Because, in all honesty, not just anybody can be one. Anthropologists who specialize in this field have been writing papers upon papers upon papers. And they're very hard to read and sometimes nearly indecisible. I'm gonna try my best to dumb it down for you. Forensic anthropology, or anthropology in general, has been one of the fastest growing fields in the forensic sciences. There was a surge of research in the 1980s, the publications of the Forensic Science International, and several of its issues devoted to this topic. It's shown internationalization of forensic anthropology and its techniques. This specific topic and issue deals with the sexual dysmorphism and body size in human populations around the world. It's authored by many individuals, anywhere from Canada to Germany to India, Montenegro, South Africa, Turkey, and the US. The technique to measure bones from a corpse without dismembering the limb is not well developed. Most anthropological studies should be directed to use fresh corpses to better understand local populations. This also helps avoid identification problems arising with wide population variation. Accumulation of prestigiously collected skeletal materials can be best to develop the field. Forensic anthropology has also relied on the skeletons of dead people in the war and those who are killed under dictatorial regimes and inter and ethnic conflicts anywhere from the holocaust to the civil rights activists to even mummies from the egyptian times and romans several of the papers in the issue of this are use the remains as their research materials since the 1980s forensic anthropologists changed their research material from archaeological to currently deceased human remains. Yet the need for demographic technique for archaeological materials never ceased. For populations, many of them, medieval symmetry remains a frequent study. These remains usually have church records and are therefore crucial for identification studies. It's not often that you are able to find the DNA of a victim or facial images on the internet. There are many techniques that it takes. Facial reconstruction. Sometimes you have to completely put the skeleton back together 
Sometimes when a forensic anthropologist finds parts of the remains, they're missing. They might be missing the femur or a phalange, which is also known as a finger. They could be missing the humerus or maybe part of the skull. They take teeth samples. They take all kinds of stuff. They look at bone bruising and cracks and fractures in the bones. Most of the time, if a forensic anthropologist is really good at their job, they can find out who the victim was. Most of the time, just by looking, they can tell if it was male, female, the size, the height, the weight, what age they were, how long they've been deceased. Upon closer examination, they're gonna eventually find how that person was killed, where they were when they were killed, what happened in their childhood, their past, whether or not it was they were abused, or they played softball for seven years. A lot of cases could not be solved if it weren't for forensic anthropologists. Many cases are still unsolved because nobody knows how to solve them. As technology advances, forensic anthropologists have the availability to be able to do what they need to do. They now have x-rays and MRIs. They have computer techniques that are, allow them to do facial reconstruction easier. The results of papers show that osteometric techniques seem to be the best choice because they're more effective in determining sex and estimating body height. Osteometry is the study and the measurement of the human or animal skeleton. And for example, the sex of an unknown person can be determined nearly 60, 96% from a single measurement. Yet on the osteoscopic evaluation, it may provide an accuracy of 100% in the sex determination, as long as the remains are complete. The two observations differ from each other. The osteoscopic evaluation requires that the investigation knows human variation and that in other populations. Ostometry requires rigorous training in ostology and measuring techniques. The amount of schooling that forensic anthropologists have to go to is quite extensive. You can't just walk in with a bachelor's degree. You have to have a master's or at least a doctorate. Many forensic anthropologists are in a lot of debt However, without them, murderers would be walking the streets free. Cases would still be open. Families would not have closure. Forensic anthropologists, it's a, it's a field not only concerned with human identification, but also the assessment of human variation. They allow the story to be told of those who are not able to tell them themselves. Families have closure. People who knew these victims have closure because somebody decided to take time and study a skeleton.